Welcome to the Determined Truth Podcast. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Where we aim to explore questions of truth, the scriptures, and what it means for the church today. Here's your host, Rob Dalrymple. Hello everybody, my name is Rob Dalrymple. I want to welcome you to my podcast in the book of Revelation. In this series of podcasts, we're going to look at the book of Revelation from chapters 1 through 22. What did John say? How would John's readers have understood what he said? And what does it mean for us today? After we survey the 22 chapters in the book of Revelation, we'll then record some more podcasts that will examine some of the more popular topics. What about the beast and the Antichrist and the rapture and some of the more popular topics? For those of you who are interested, I encourage you to get a copy of my book, Follow the Lamb. It's a guide on how to read, understand, and apply the book of Revelation. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast by downloading the Podbean app on your smartphone and following the Determined Truth podcast. For now, I hope you sit back and enjoy our study of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 10. Revelation chapter 10 and the beginning of chapter 11, the first 13 verses, takes us to what I believe is actually the center of the book of Revelation, the key passage passage in the book of Revelation that's going to indicate for us how God's going to redeem the nations, how the throne of God's going to go from heaven down to the earth, and and how all this is going to transpire. The chapter 10 begins with, And I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven, clothed with a cloud, and the rainbow was above his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book which was open. He placed his right foot on the sea, and his left foot on the land. And he cried out with a loud voice, as when a lion roars. When he cried out, the seven pills of thunder uttered their voices. When the seven pills of thunder had spoken, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up the things which the seven thunders have spoken, and do not write them. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land lifted up his right hand to heaven. And he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things in it, and the earth and the things in it, and the sea and the things in it, that there should be delay no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, then the mystery of God is finished, as he preached to his servants the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven, I heard again speaking with me and saying, Go, take the book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the land. And I went to the angel, telling him to give me the little book. And he said to me, Take it and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. And I took the book out of the angel's hand, and I ate it. And it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. When I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And they said to me, You must prophesy again concerning many peoples, nations, and tongues, and kings. Now the narrative here continues into chapter 11, which we'll pick up in just a moment. Chapter 10 begins, however, with another strong angel. The only strong angel that we've ever uh, seen in the book of Revelation, however, was in chapter 5, verse 2. And I saw another strong angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to take the book and to break its seals? The fact that a strong angel in chapter 5 occurs again in chapter 10 probably provides a strong link between the two chapters. This is significant, because in chapter 5 we were introduced to a scroll written on both sides, it was in the Father's hand, and no one was worthy to open it, but Jesus, the Lamb, uh, was worthy to take the scroll and, and to open it and break its seals. And then Jesus begins to break the seals in chapter 6, and then the beginning of chapter 8, he breaks all seven seals. And all of a sudden, the scroll disappears. Now, if the scroll, as we discussed, represents God's will and God's plan for redeeming the nations, we might be strongly recommend, suggesting that, indeed, we're going to find out what the contents of that scroll are. But the scroll seems to disappear. Chapter 8, the rest of chapter 8 and all of chapter 9 doesn't make any mention of the scroll. So all of a sudden when we see a scroll uh, in the hands of an angel or a book in the hands of an angel and it was open, there's every reason in the world to suggest that this is exactly indeed the same scroll that was in the Father's hand 
for which Jesus had then broken the seven seals from. So, we've been prepared for the contents of the scroll from the, from the beginning. Now, the angel then announces in verse 6 that there should be delay no longer. And again, if we make the connection to the prayers of the saints in chapter 6, how long, O Lord? Well, just a little while longer. Just a little while until I come and, to, and, and I bring justice upon the souls of those who have been slain. Perhaps now then, the fact that there should be delay no longer indicates that God's answer to the prayers of the saints is about to be fulfilled. Now the angel and the identity of the angel is always is kind of intriguing. Uh, it's clearly this, the being is clearly designated as an angel. In chapter 10, verse 1, I saw a strong angel coming down with a cloud out of heaven. Uh, the, problem, the significance, however, is that uh, being clothed with a cloud is always used of God in the Old Testament. Uh, seven times, of course, clouds appear in the book of Revelation. Christ is coming on a, on a cloud. The two witnesses ascend into a cloud. And there's a harvest, uh, uh, one riding on a cloud in chapter 14. So I would suggest, and many scholars would agree, that, the, that this is actually a description of Christ himself. Um, as an angel, you say, well, Christ isn't an angel. And the answer is, he's performing the functions of an angel. He's not being described necessarily as an angel by nature, He's being described as an angel in function. And an angel in function is a messenger. This, this angelic being is a messenger. And John didn't know, perhaps, at the beginning that it was Christ. He sees a, a messenger coming down to him, so he describes it as, uh, as an angel. As he continues to describe him, however, he's clothed with a cloud. And that's the first indication that this is not just a mere angel, but somebody, someone other than, uh, than, than an angel likely to be God himself. He's also described as having a rainbow on his head. And of course, remember the father had a rainbow around the throne in chapter 4. His face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire, which is a description of Jesus in chapter 1. The pillar of fire, of course, reminds us of Yahweh in the wilderness of the Old Testament. So it seems to be a good indication that this is someone more than an angel, perhaps even Christ himself. Since Jesus had taken the scroll out of the father's hand in chapter 5 and begun to break the seven seals in chapter 6 and the beginning of chapter 8, it makes sense that this that the scroll is still in the hands of Jesus. After all, this scroll here is being described as a book which was open. What are the contents of the scroll? What, what does it say? Well, John's then told to take the scroll and to eat it and to digest it. Now, this is very important. This is going to remind us of the book of uh, Ezekiel, the prophet, the prophet Ezekiel. Uh, in, the prof, in the book of Ezekiel, uh, chapters 1, 2, and 3 is Ezekiel's uh, commissioning to be a prophet. Uh, God appears to Ezekiel. And he tells them that you're going to, Ezekiel 2, verse 7, you're going to speak my words to the people, whether they listen or not. Verse 8, he says, Now you, son of man, listen to what I am speaking to you, and do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I am giving to you. Then I looked, Ezekiel says, and behold, a hand was extending to me, and lo, a scroll was in it. When he spread it out before me, it was written on the front and on the back, and written on it were lamentations, mourning and well. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find, eat this scroll, and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he fed me this scroll. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your stomach and fill your body with the scroll which I'm giving you. And then I ate it, and it was the sweetest honey in my mouth. That's Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 3. So the end of chapter 2 in the book of Ezekiel, and the first couple verses of Ezekiel chapter 3, are clearly paralleled by John's having a scroll that he's told to take and eat it. Uh, now, if we note the parallels then, in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel is being commissioned as a prophet. So we would also conclude that this is John's commissioning to prophesy. The contents of the scroll are going to be revealed. They're given to John, he's told to eat that scroll and digest it, and then go off and prophesy. 
Now, we'll note that chapter 10 ends with a, with a reference to the fact that you must prophesy, chapter, 11 verse, chapter 10, verse 11. Chapter 11 of Revelation 1 is going to begin with saying, there was given to me a measuring rod, like a staff. And a measuring rod is a prophetic item. It's something given to the prophet to a prophet to, uh, to measure things, and that measuring is going to signify the divine protection of whatever it is that's measured. So John's both told to prophesy, and he's given a measuring rod so he can perform a prophetic act. So we would conclude then that the scroll is God's will. It's God's plan for how he's going to redeem the nations. Only Jesus was able to open it because he is the lamb that it has overcome. He then has the scroll open and he gives it to John. John takes the scroll and he eats it, just like Ezekiel has eaten his scroll, and he digests it. In John's case, the scroll uh, was as sweet as honey in his mouth, but when he had eaten it, uh, it was bitter in his stomach. Now, what might that indicate? Well, sweet as honey in his mouth might indicate that the wrath of God on the unrighteous will bring relief to the righteous. Um, however, it turns sour in his stomach because the message of God is tribulation for the church. Uh, another way of looking at it is maybe sweet as honey in his mouth is the fact that this scroll contains the means to which, or the plan for which God's going to redeem the nations. This is the good news. This is the gospel, and the nations are going to receive it. But at the same time, I think, again, it's sour in his stomach because the means to which the nations are converted is through the suffering of God's people. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information on the Determined Truth podcast, you can find us on iTunes. You can follow Rob's blog at DeterminedTruth.com or purchase his books on Amazon.com. See you next time.